Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Last Sunday, we began uh, rejoicing in this Christmas celebration. And it's about, we called it, we called the message Agent 007 because, thank you, sweetie, because uh, Jesus, we said, was God's secret agent. And who was he a secret to? Well, his mission was a secret to Satan. Satan couldn't figure out uh, what God was going to accomplish through the ministry, through the, the arresting and crucifixion, torturing of his son, through the death and the burial and resurrection and ascension of his son. He couldn't figure it out because Satan doesn't understand the way love behaves. Love does things that the flesh wouldn't do. Love is unselfish. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is dramaless. Dramaless. Love is void of drama. Love is void of stress. Yeah. Love is not complicated. So if you find yourself, and those are common phrases like I'm stressed or talking about the drama in, in our lives or uh, it's complicated. If you catch yourself thinking that way, stop yourselves immediately. God's plan for you is not complicated. Love is not complicated and you're not stressed. Stress is a killer. It's an enemy to you. It's not for you. Don't allow yourselves to be stressed. If you're stressed, you've allowed yourself to become that way. You say, but you don't know what's going on around me. Listen, I don't, I, I, we're all living on the same planet. I don't say that to be a smarty pants. I'm telling you, we're all going through the same stuff. Satan wants to tell you that what you've gone through is worse than what everyone else has gone through and no one understands you and no one's had it bad like you've had it bad. But I guarantee you there are those who've had it worse than you've had it and come out stronger than you have. You've got to take your eyes off of the way you feel and what's going on around you and begin to worship the one who made you. You have to cultivate the, the awareness of his presence in your life. You have to cultivate the joy of the Lord that's in you. Hallelujah. It's very simple. Just believe. It's very simple. Just thank Him that His Word is your reality. It's very simple. Just rejoice in Him because His joy is your strength. So we're celebrating the uh, initiation and completion of this secret mission. And we said the result of that mission is God's glory in you. Well, the title of the message today is God in You. God Himself, the person of God, is in you if you put your faith in Christ. 
Holy Spirit, make this a reality to our consciousness. Illuminate your presence among us. Open the eyes of our heart to see the reality of your indwelling presence in us, in Jesus' name. God is in you. That's what I want you to think about. God is living in me. That solves every problem, doesn't it? When God came to live in you, he brought everything he owns. He brought every gift he has. He brought all of his wisdom. He brought all of his power. And you mean you to tell me that God in all of his fullness is living inside of every believer? Yes. A thousand times, yes. Does every believer believe that? No. Is every believer aware of that? No. Most believers are trying to figure out how to get to God when he's living inside of them. Hallelujah. So well, last week we said his glory is in you. Do you know why his glory is in you? Because he's in you. <laughs> That's why his glory is in you. Hallelujah. The very glory of God is in you. Let's go back to Colossians 1. Verse 25. How are we doing this morning? Good? Welcome to Highway, everybody. Welcome those of you who are joining us from home online. We're looking forward to those in the area being here soon in, in person. Hallelujah. Unafraid, full of joy, walking in victory. Hallelujah. Taking your place, taking your position. Standing firm, that's who we are. So we're looking forward to those of you who are in the area, joining us again in person, and to those who are uh, part of the Highway family in different parts of this country, and even different parts of the world. We welcome you, and we invite you to fully participate, and, and to put all distractions away in your home, and just receive the word this morning, all right? Colossians 1, 25. Wherefore, I am made a minister. This is written by the Apostle Paul. According to the dispensation of God through the Holy Spirit, right? Which is given to me for you. Yeah, and any minister called the full-time ministry can say this. The dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now, we're going to keep reading verses 26 and 27, but before we do, we're going to park here for a moment for an impartation, okay? There's a whole lot in verse 25 that you may not understand if you grew up in a church like I grew up. We did not know what apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers were. At best, if you mention the word apostle, you were talking about someone uh, that... Uh, was in the original 12 or in the book of Acts. We didn't understand what the ministry gifts were, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. 
But when I began reading the Bible at 19, I uh, began to realize that these are gifts given to all of us for today. That there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers uh, alive today, ministering today, and we need to have each one of those gifts in our lives. The pa- a pastor is a ministry gift that's given to bring you into the fullness of the Word of God. A pastor is not someone who's called to organize bake sales and, and, and do good deeds in the community. A pastor is called to impart Christ to you. To, to bring revelation from heaven into your life and to feed you with the finished work of Christ so that you can walk in it. The Passion's translation says this, verse 25. We're still in verse 25. This is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authorship, the authority of God and a servant to his body, so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. This is the service the fivefold gifts bring to the body of Christ. This is the service I bring to you, is to equip you with the word of God. Verse 25 in the Amplified Translation. In it, I became a minister in accordance with the divine stewardship which was entrusted to me for you as its object and for your benefit to make the Word of God fully known among you. Anyone who has a full-time gift in them, it is not for controlling people's lives. It's not for telling people what they should and shouldn't do. It's not for giving people a list of do's and don'ts. It's for bringing them into the fullness of God's plan. It's for making the Word of God fully known. Now, we're going to look at another scripture, but you can keep your finger in, in Colossians 1.25 because we're coming back. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1. I had to learn what church was. As I grew up in what people would call a church, but it really wasn't a church. It was a religious tradition. Now, I'm sure there were members of the body of Christ in that church, but I didn't understand that the church was living stones. The church is made of people who believe in Jesus Christ. It doesn't consist of a building. It's not a religious organization. It's those living epistles, those who are walking uh, in the Spirit of God, in relationship with God, with faith in God. Let me say this to you before we read 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. And I say this because I want to help you uh, take full advantage of what God has provided for you. Take full advantage of the ministry gifts. Uh, we're going down in January to a generation summit in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, Paul Brady will be there, and then he's coming up here a few couple weeks later. He'll be here at Highway Church for a Friday night, a Saturday morning, and a Sunday morning. That's the first weekend in February. I believe that's the 5th, 6th, and 7th of February. 
Uh, and then we're, I, well, we're working on it. We've got some other things in the works as well. But the reason we have special meetings is to um, fully partake of the ministry gifts that God has brought into the earth and into our lives. This is not an exaltation of a, of a person. It's not something weird where we bow down before people. or, or, or we, it's, it's realizing how God has set this thing up. God has put gifts into the earth. It says in is it Ephesians when when Jesus ascended on high, He gave gifts unto men. This is and they're for our benefit. But if we don't understand uh, and recognize the gifts, we can't take advantage of them and benefit from them. Are you ready for this statement? Preaching is the method God has chosen. It's the channel God has chosen for much of the transformation that occurs in the believer's life. You may not understand that, and and that might not uh, make sense to you now, but it's true anyway. I didn't do this. God did it, and he teaches us that in his word. Preaching is the method God has chosen, the channel God has chosen, for much of the transformation that occurs in the believer's life. If you're not listening regularly, to good Holy Spirit, finished work, fullness of the gospel preaching, you are limiting your transformation. You're limiting. And, uh, and many don't know what podcasts are. And I like watching videos on my phone of messages. But I really like podcasts. There's something special about hearing and teaching your ears to focus on what you're hearing without anything else going on. And uh, so there's an iPhone, but there's a podcast app on here, and they're they're on any kind of phone. You can get a podcast app. And on that podcast app, you've got got endless podcasts, (laughs) seemingly endless, but we're on there, and I'm just using this as an example. This is in the the Apple podcast uh, iTunes store. But I'm listening, I was listening to one right now. It's called Oasis, and it's a a church in Ohio, Tim Sheets is the pastor, right? And uh, Jen Tringale was ministering there a couple weeks ago. And uh, I listened to this message twice in the past week. Why? I recognize the gifts. Jen Tringale's been here, and we're going to get here again. Uh, She's a prophet, and and she is a gift to the body of Christ, and she's a gift to to us. And so I listened, and we we did something uh, recently. uh, Let's see. I believe it was uh, in October, November of this year, we switched all of our podcasts to a new podcast provider, which spreads us out. We're now on eight different platforms. So we used to be on Podcast Generator and Apple. Now we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's like eight different platforms. Why do we do that? We want the word to be accessible. All right? But you will not get all that God has for you by just coming and listening on Sunday. You will get some things. But there's something supernatural happening here. And if you just look at the person, if you just think naturally, you're going to miss it. You've got to be in the Spirit. You've got to listen with your heart. You've got to be ready and come ready to plug in and participate. All right? So if you're not listening regularly to good preaching, I'm talking about finished work preaching, right? Fullness of the gospel preaching, the gospel of grace, you're limiting the transformation that God wants to bring about in your life. 
Now let's read some scriptures on this. First, we're going to get back to Colossians 1, but we need to go to 1 Corinthians 1 first. Verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the preaching... See, it's good not to have to have all of your senses uh, being tickled with, with uh, sound effects and audio effects and visual effects and to be, uh, to, for your attention to, to, to be uh, focused, right? You have to, if you're going to be successful, you have to learn to hold your attention internally without any external stimulus. You have to learn to keep your attention and keep your focus, and God has given you that ability. You just have to cultivate it. That's why listening to the Word is good for your attention. I never thought about that before, I don't think. Hearing, listening, making yourself listen to the preached Word of God will increase your attention span. How about that? Verse 18, for the preaching of the cross, what does that mean? The finished work of Christ. Anytime you see that phrase used in the epistles, talking about what Jesus did for you. For the preaching of the finished work of Christ is to them that perish foolishness. Why would we gather in a warehouse and listen to someone preach? That is foolish. I get that. I understand that thinking. I used to think like that. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. We can't wait. We can't get enough. I love meeting people like that who are plugged into the Word of God and they can't get enough. They're so excited about being in the corporate setting of worship each week and they're listening to it during the week and they get it. They realize this is our life source. The Word of God is our life source. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Oh, we don't have, can't have the scriptures. I got them here. I'm sorry. Where is the wise? I'll just read it to you. Now you really got to listen, right? This is verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 1. Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Hasn't he? When you put your faith in Christ, you go, wow, how foolish it is to believe anyone else other than him. Really? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Is that you? Yes, it is. You're the only one that can decide that. This is you. This is for you. For the Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified. What does that mean? We preach the finished work of Christ at Highway. We preach who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. That's what we preach. 
And unto the Jews it's a stumbling block, unto the Greeks it's foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. One word from God will absolutely change your life. But it requires men and women to accept the call and submit to His authority. That's what I had to do. And He began to speak to my heart back in the mid-90s. I didn't even really know what a pastor was. To go into full-time ministry or what, what the ministry gifts were for. And He began to speak to my heart. It wasn't on my future uh, agenda. It wasn't a part of my future plans. What place have you given the Holy Spirit in your plans for 2021? Okay. I, I, I want you to, to answer that to yourself. What place have you given to the Holy Spirit in the next 12 months of your life? And then the year after that, in the next three years of your life, in the next five years of your life, in the next 10 years of your life, Oh, boy. I'm, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay. We'll take a little break right here. God, you're so good. Now, listen, are you okay? Are we awake? You got to stay with me. I, I grew up in a family, and I'm not knocking. I'm thankful for them. But they just sat around and talked like the world talked. They would listen to TV, or they'd read their magazines, and they'd come up with the plans of their life based on the things they were listening to and the things they watched and, and what so-and-so said. Oh, boy. Let me see if I have time to go here. So here I am. I start talking to God, and I realize I'm very different. I'm starting to think different than them. You know, 17 years old, 18 years old. And they're, they're telling me what I should do with my life, but I'm talking to God, and it's different. He's leading me in a direction. I won't pull it up for time's sake. I believe it was in the Wall Street Journal. I was reading an article. You see, uh, fear is a tremendous motivator. Unfortunately, far too many have made their life decisions based on fear. And back, something that was labeled the Great Depression. Do you know there are people who flourished during the Great Depression? That's just what, what, what man labeled that period of time. It didn't have to be a depression in everybody's life, and it wasn't. There were some who, who gave into it and didn't rise above it through faith in Christ. But there was a, a mindset that came out of that, a poverty mindset, a mindset of fear that we've got to hold on to what we've got. We've got to pinch and save and, and, and can and do all the things we can in case this happens again. And they began looking for answers. Unfortunately, many looked to the world for answers. And one of the things that eventually began to rise to the surface in, the, I guess, the 50s and 60s is people began to say, if you want to have a successful future, you've got to go to a formal university and get a degree. Nothing could be further from the truth. Today, over half the millionaires in the United States never went to college. That's not a true statement. But yet, there were generations of parents that made their children feel that way. You've got to get a degree. You've got to get a degree. Now, this article I was reading in the Wall Street Journal was written by uh, a woman who had her doctorate. 
And she, she lived, I believe, in the state of Florida. And she says, I will never advise my kids to go to college unless it's something they need to do for, for what, their, you know, what their calling is. She said, I've got so much debt, and I'm not even using the degrees I have. How common is that? The reality is, I was talking with a number of people, but someone uh, just a week ago, and they were talking about doing what was inside of them and the, the job they're involved in. They're getting hands-on experience. They're able to practice and apply and get working knowledge of what's inside of them. It's not a college. They're working for a business. I found that the best way to learn is by doing it. Just put your hands on it and start working it. And listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him teach you. Hallelujah. You know, there was a time in America when even uh, lawyers and physicians learned by apprenticeship. Yeah. By apprenticeship. You would, you would, you would look for someone who did well in the profession you wanted to go into, and then you would apprentice with that person. Excellent way to learn. Hallelujah. Why am I saying that? Because we want to look to the Lord for His wisdom and direction. We don't want to assume that we have to go a certain path in the next three to five years. We want to follow the path of the Holy Spirit. There's no man-made institution that can teach you what He wants to teach you. There isn't. The only way to learn what He wants to show you is through relationship with Him. Listening to Him, meditating in His Word, renewing your mind, listening to good messages, and letting Him reveal His plan for you. I still haven't seen a job description that describes what I do. I couldn't have found one. I just said yes to Him. Is there job security in Christ? You need to answer that to yourself. If there is, then you can say yes to what he's leading you to do, even if, there, if the world says there's no security in that. Right? Now, if you're called to go into a field that requires a, a degree from a university, well, then you, you have to do that. Right? I'm not knocking that. But that's one option out of many. One option out of many. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. We're going to get back to Colossians 1. Just hang in there. The message says this, this extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts in Him. The Passion Translation says the, the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. If I ever have the opportunity to talk with a young person and they're lo looking to decide what to do with their future, I encourage them, what's the Holy Spirit leading you to do? What has He said to you? What's, what's inside of you? What were you made for? 
That's what you want to know. What were you made for? Now let's get back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. We'll read it again. So I want to encourage you to make the hearing of God's Word a major priority of your life. Whereof I am made a minister, this is Colossians 1, 25, according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from, the, from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. That means it's revealed to us. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this secret mission among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God's glory is in you because God himself is living in you. Do you meditate on that as you're going through your day? God is in me. God is living in me. God is providing life to my physical body. God is the strength of my body. God is the strength of my mind. God is my provider. God is my righteousness. Become God inside-minded. Live from the inside out. Cultivate your attention span by meditating on His Word. Satan never could have imagined that God would do what he did. Never could have figured it out. That God would make His kingdom fully accessible to anyone through faith in Christ. (laughs) Never could have figured that one out. That anyone, no matter who you are or where you're from, can, can step into the kingdom of God, can begin experiencing the will of God in your life through simple faith in Christ? Never. Never could have figured that one out. <laughs> he never could have figured out that God would actually send his son to earth as a man. You. Huh? Huh? Many believers haven't figured that one out yet. (laughs) Are you saying Jesus was a man? He came as a man. He was still God, but he came as a man, right? That God would send his son as a man on our behalf to take our place, to bear our sins, to bear our punishment. He didn't deserve that. That's why Satan couldn't figure it out. Satan's all about what you deserve, right? God's not about what you deserve. He's about how much he loves you. Hallelujah. That God's son would become our justification? What? He could never figure that one out. That God's son would become our righteousness so that anyone from anywhere at any time through faith in Christ could become the house that God lives in? If you've put your faith in Christ, you're the house that God lives in. God is living in you. God is living in you. God is living in you. God himself is living in you. God himself is living in you. Hallelujah. God himself is living in you. 
Satan never could have imagined that Jesus would rise from the dead and be only the firstborn from among the dead. He never could have imagined all of the countless lives that would come after and be born again from the dead and begin living this new creation life. God lives in you. God lives in you. God lives in you. God lives in you. The maker of heaven and earth has become your father. You are his offspring. You are his sons and daughters, and he's alive in you. The Passion Translation of Colossians 1, verses 25 through 27. There is a divine mystery. A secret surprise. (laughs) That has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Don't you love secret surprises? Come on, secret Santa. God has a secret surprise for you. It's his kingdom to experience it every day of your life for the rest of your life. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is within you, Jesus said. Verse 27, Passion Translation. Living within you is the Christ. Come on, let's think of that. Living within you is the Christ. Living within you is the Christ who floods you. Who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Hallelujah. This was God's plan all along to live in his people. God in you. Hallelujah. Living within you is the Christ to be united with you, to fill you with his spirit. Now you understand when the New Testament epistles, they speak of the Antichrist spirits that are in the earth even at the writing of the New Testament epistles. Now there is a a person who will be the Antichrist that will be revealed once the church is raptured, all right? Because we are the restraining, we're keeping that from happening right now. But once we're raptured out of here, he's going he, to be revealed. But there are the spirits of the Antichrist are in the earth. It's important to recognize that. Because I guarantee you they're tempting you at some, in some way they're, they're trying to work in your life. Guarantee it. They're trying to keep you from going forward in Christ. They're trying to to get all that you've heard here at Highway, they're trying to get you to toss it. And there are people who don't realize it, but they're under the influence of the Antichrist. So they'll hear messages like this, Christ is embedded in you. 
the Christ is living in you. And, and they'll resist that. What is that? It's the spirit of the Antichrist. He doesn't want this union to take place. And if it's taken place in someone's life, because all you have to do is put your faith in Christ, he doesn't want them to experience the reality of it. So he's working overtime, and I do mean overtime, to try and create controversy around the fullness of the gospel. And I'm just saying he's done a pretty good job. A lot of people have given into it. We're not going to let that happen in our lives, right? We We are like laser beams. We are focused on the finished work of Christ. We are those who believe that God lives in us. We are those that believe that Christ himself is living within us. That we are new creatures in Christ. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We believe everything the epistles say about us. This is who we are. We're in Christ. Ezekiel chapter 36. Are we doing okay? We're still awake. Ezekiel 36 Verse 25, stay with, even during, you know where you'll find the spirits of the Antichrist a lot? In church. Sure, right here, right now. This is where they want to be. Do you know how often Jesus taught and preached on the Sabbath? As often as he could. Why was he preaching, teaching, and healing in church? Because that's where the devils were. <laughs> Yeah, I know that's where God's people, I'm not talking about God's people, I'm talking about spirits. Right? Spirits that are trying to keep God's people bound. They're in this room right now. There are angels of God in this room right now. Most importantly, the Holy Spirit's in this room right now. So it's not to be afraid, it's to be aware. And they'll whisper to you, they'll try and distract you. Talking to a friend the other week. Say, yeah, you know, you're listening to a message. It's an awesome message in church. And all of a sudden, your mind just goes to, you know, the chili dog you had yesterday or something. You know? That's just flesh. Or sometimes the enemy will whisper or something about, yeah, you, you remember what so-and-so said to you, right? How could they do that to you? Man, that really hurt. And all of a sudden, five minutes have gone by. You're thinking how hurt you are, right? Or how difficult things are or, or, how, or what's happened this past year or whatever it is. Yeah, focus, focus, focus in 2021, focus in 2021. Ezekiel 36, verse 25, the prophet Ezekiel is preaching of what Paul wrote in Colossians. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. How did he do that? Through his son. This is the cross, isn't it? Finished work of Jesus. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, a heart that's sensitive to my spirit. So in this new covenant, when you put your faith in Christ, you were given a new heart. Heart transplant. We've all had them, right? When you put your faith in Christ, you receive a heart transplant. It's a new heart. It's a heart that responds to the Father's voice. You know His voice. The voice of a stranger you will not follow. Start saying that. The devil will say, how do you know that's God? I know His voice. He's my Father. voice of a stranger I will not follow. 
Hallelujah. Do you say that about yourself? Start saying it. You know your father's. Yes, you do. You know your father's voice. He's in you. You know his voice. You know his voice. The voice of a stranger you will not follow. Hallelujah. You know his voice. I'll give them a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within them. And he's not done yet. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit in them. (laughs) And cause you to walk in my statutes. You will be careful to observe my ordinances. Do you know that the life of God, the Spirit of God, is working in you daily? It's working in you now to move you to choose the things that God has prepared for you. You've got to learn to work with it, though. You certainly do. And this is why I bring this up. What place have you given the Holy Spirit in your family, in your marriage? And these questions are not to make us feel bad at all. It's to locate us. What role have I given the Holy Spirit in my marriage? I'm the only one that can answer that, right? What role have I given the Holy Spirit in my children's lives? Now they'll reach an age where they have to choose that themselves, right? What role have I given the Holy Spirit in my future plans? You know, a, a friend sent me an email a few weeks ago, and uh, there were some physicians who met in Massachusetts, uh, in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. And you can go to their website. It's called the Great Barrington Declaration, uh, Great Barrington, Massachusetts. And they met, and they were, uh, you had a number of physicians and, and health scientists, and uh, uh, I believe, I'm trying, the two of the three that started it were epidemiologists, I think, but um, they met because they were troubled by the public policy that was, was being pushed in so many states. So you can go to gbdeclaration.org or .com, I don't know. Well, anyway, you can Google it, Great, Great Barrington Declaration. But they put together a very, and these were physicians across the board from left to right, Believed all kinds of different things. But I, at, at the receiving this, there was somewhere around 40,000 physicians who signed this declaration. And what they're talking about is how detrimental to public health these policies that are, are being implemented are. And these guys, uh, and late men and women, they, they've written a very, very well thought out uh, statement. And they're talking about uh, how unwise it is for these public policies to be implemented. It is not beneficial to public health. So you can check that out. Why do I bring that up? Because the wisdom of man will bind you. We're not belittling a a sickness or a virus. They're in the world. There's all kinds of them in the world. We don't even know the names of them all. We're not belittling that. And, and, And we're not belittling death. For someone who has died of any sickness, that's not God's will. Never has been, never will be. But you've got to understand that, that people are entering this world and departing every day. By the millions. 
That's, that was not God's plan, but that's, that's where we're at right now. There will come a time when that's over. And it's life all the time, right? Eternal life without interruption, unhindered joy, unhindered victory, unhindered health, unhindered revelation. On this earth, there are things trying to hinder that, trying to keep us from experiencing that. So I'm not minimalizing that. But in the midst of the world we're living in, you've got to focus on what God has said. Because man, without even knowing it, will oppress you and not even realize he's doing it. They'll think they're doing something for the good of your, for, for your good, but it's actually not for your good. But you can check that out. And I, I was going to read it. I, don't, I just don't have time to read it. But it's very well thought out. The great Barrington Declaration, and they're talking about the benefits of handling this thing properly, not through fear and overreaching policies. But what we're talking about is giving place to the Holy Spirit in your daily life. So this past year was a year that it was essential to navigate by the voice of the Holy Spirit in your daily life. You realize, now we prayed in the Spirit here during worship. You realize there are are pastors, ministers who have never prayed in the Holy Spirit, who have never prayed in tongues, who don't know how to to follow the Holy Spirit, to, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But you've got to know that. It's essential. We're going into 2021. And I'm just telling you that as things get darker, we're getting brighter. So we're not concerned. Is there something else? It doesn't matter. We're not concerned. Is everything going to work out the way we want it to work out? doesn't matter. Listen, we're from heaven. This is not our home. God is our Father. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Our mind is not on everything working out on this earth. That's shallow thinking. That's temporary thinking. We know how this thing ends. We've got eternal victory. The loved ones who've gone on before us are in glory. They wouldn't come back here no matter what you asked them, no matter what you offered them. I wouldn't either. Unless God told me I wasn't done yet. Are you kidding? You get to to go to a, a tropical island for vacation instead of Walmart? parking lot in a camper? I don't think so, right? (laughs) Listen, this is not where it's at. This is not where our joy is found and what happens down here. Our joy is found in what happened on that cross, what happened in that grave, what happened in that resurrection, what happened in that ascension. It's the power of God in us. It's the power of our salvation. Hallelujah. So you've got to keep your Who was I just, uh, someone I was just talking to the last couple of weeks was sharing about a loved one that, that went on before them and they were saying, uh, they were having a conversation with someone saying, I wonder if they're in heaven. Okay. Listen, God loves your loved one more than you do. Ooh, that's right. You have, he said, well, they, they were this or they didn't believe that. You have no idea what happened in their final moments, what the Holy Spirit did to open their eyes to the love of Christ. You have no idea. I had a grandpa who was loudly atheistic, and I was overseas when he passed. I, I, I wasn't there, and, and the way that he passed wasn't pretty. And a uh, man that loudly defied God all, all my life I can remember, but I, God loved him. Who knows what happened in his final moments? My faith is in the love of God 
for people. So don't, you don't know where someone went after they died. You don't have that kind of insight. But you do know the love of God for somebody. You do know that God loves people more than we ever could. So our trust is in His love and His grace for our loved ones. Right? That's a good place to put your trust. Isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2021, are you ready? What place have you given the Holy Spirit? Well, people are going to think I'm weird. Well, they might think you're weird already. <laughs> Hate to tell you, but you really don't know what people think of you. I'm, I'm just quit, remind myself to quit trying, right? You don't really know what someone thinks. What they say to you, it doesn't mean that's what they think of you, right? Someone can, can praise you face to face and then you leave and tear you apart. That happened in my family all the time growing up as a kid. Be visiting with relatives, and man, they're laughing. And as soon as the relatives leave, <laughs> terrible. Tear them apart. Not good, right? So it's all right. It doesn't matter what people think. Our joy is not there, right? Our joy is in what our Father has said about us. Hallelujah. So in 2021, we've given the Holy Spirit right of way. Holy Spirit, we give you our 2021. We give you the position that you deserve. Our Lord, the Lord of glory in our lives. Our leader, our comforter, our counselor, our guide. Hallelujah. A couple more scriptures, then we'll be done. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 12. I highly recommend reading verses 12 and 13. Write them down. Hallelujah. Remember, God is in you. Living within you is Christ himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. Christ is living in me. Christ is living in me. Christ is living in me. God himself is living in me. You understand when I say me, I'm talking about me, but I'm talking about you too, right? Philippians 2.12 says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does it mean to work out your salvation? Where is your salvation? Inside of you. It's in your spirit. You've got to bring it to the outside of you. How? How? By revering His Word. Fear and trembling. You, God says it, it is so. This is how the salvation inside of us begins to rise to the surface of us when we revere what He said. When his word becomes the authority in our lives, when no one can make us question what he said to us. That's how you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You give God his rightful place in your thinking, in your thought life, and in your heart. 
Now you're ready for this next one. So work out your salvation. Bring all of the salvation that Christ provided for you in your spirit. Bring it from inside to the outside of your life. The Weymouth translation of verse 13 says, For it is God himself whose power creates within you. God himself, whose power creates within you. There's so much going on inside of you. Oh, man. There's a whole lot more going on inside of you than there is outside of you. Did you know that? Did you know that? CNN and Fox News couldn't print enough stories on what's going on in the inside of you. For it is God himself whose power creates within you the desire to do his gracious will and also brings about the accomplishment of the desire. I like that. Let me read that again. For it is God himself whose power creates within you the desire to do his gracious will and also brings about the accomplishment of that desire. Wow. So what's my role? To worship Him. To rejoice in Him. To trust Him. The message translation says it this way, verse 13 of Philippians 2. That energy, where's the energy? In you, right? That energy is God's energy. An energy deep within you. That's why you've got to work it out. Because it's deep inside of you. You can be oblivious to it if you're not hearing the right teaching. That energy is God's energy. An energy deep within you. God himself willing and working. (laughs) I love that. God is inside of you, willing and working to move you forward in his plan. Yeah, willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. What gives God the most pleasure? Winning the lottery? I wonder if he's ever won the lottery. Did Jesus play the lottery when he was on a get his scratch ticket? What gives him the most pleasure? Seeing you experience him. So he's inside of you working to make that happen. Wow. That's what gives him the most pleasure. Seeing his children experience his love and provision for their lives. That's my favorite thing about Christmas is seeing our children open gifts. I wish I could give them everything and anything. But whatever we get them, I love to see them open them. What is that? It's an expression of our love for them. The Amplified says it this way, not in your own strength. Hallelujah. This is not on you. Not in your own strength, 
For it is God all the while effectually at work in you. The, the, the further I go, the more I realize this life is not about striving. It's about yielding to Him. Just letting Him be God in my life. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Amen. Let's close with this. So this week, as we've got, what, four days left of 2020, cultivate a consciousness of God living in you, Christ himself living in you. You are the house that he lives in everywhere you go. That doesn't mean we act strange or, or do, do silly things when we're in the company of others. It just means we have this internal consciousness. We can be talking about the weather with someone. We can be having a coffee with a coworker or a colleague and, and talking about the patriots or talking about work or talking about uh, government, whatever. But inside, we've got this consciousness that God himself is living in me. And that will keep you, that will keep you in peace. And that will guide, that will keep your conversation from going in a direction it shouldn't go. Yeah. Right? And there are people who want to take their conversation in a negative direction, but there's a check. I won't go there. Let's get back to talking about the weather. Oh, it's always raining and gray. Well, let's talk about, oh, you like chocolate? Let's talk about chocolate. Uh, you like coffee? We'll talk about, let's, let's find something positive that we can talk about. Because God's living inside of me, and he's always positive. The Passion Translation of Galatians 2, verses 20 and 21. One of my favorite scriptures, Galatians 2, 20 and 21. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that He gave Himself for me and dispenses His life into mine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dispensing your life into ours. Our old identity has been co-crucified with Christ. The nails that went through his hands were the nails that crucified us. Not only were we crucified and descended into hell with him, but we were raised and justified with him. And now we are seated with him at your right hand father wow what a salvation so Lord we work out we bring from the inside out your joy 
your peace, your salvation. By giving your word its proper place in our lives, by giving you, Holy Spirit, the right of way in our thinking. When we leave here today and when we go home, we're going to keep worshiping you. As we're doing laundry or getting ready for the week, whatever we're doing, we're going to rest in you. We're going to keep our minds stayed on this, this power plant inside of us where your power is working and moving in us to, to desire and to accomplish the things that give you pleasure. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.